Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, hey, it's me, the Chief. Joined, joined by you. Who are you, sir? Oh my god, that took me by surprise. I am Christopher McLeod, aka Diagnostic 80. How are you doing, buddy? Not bad. I like to give a pause and then just jump in when no one's expecting it, least of all you. It's always a slightly different sign-in as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm good, I'm good. A couple of things I've been up to this week in this future of us in the current present. Oh, the future past past present, yeah, the future future past past present. present. Yeah, got to go back in time. Chief of future past. I love board gaming and as my friends will tell you, I just buy way too many games that we never get to take to the table. I've done (laughs) it again. I went to the Tabletop Gaming Live last weekend, which was a board gaming convention in uh, Alexandra Palace in London. Sorry. And yes, and I saw on display this game called Wild West Exodus, which is a tabletop skirmish game. They should have called it Wild Wexodus, shouldn't they? Uh, Possibly, yes. Maybe that's where they fell down. (coughs) I will tweet them up and tell them that. And I... Saw this being demoed and it, you know, it looked good. They had like the three foot by three foot square board with all these lovely, lavish figures painted and and uh, scenery, etc. Now I have kind of stayed away from the skirmish gaming, as in when, when I say skirmish game, what I mean is figures with tape measures and measuring for movement and distance for firing and stuff. So kind of Warhammer, Warhammer forty k. I've never really got involved in that because I found it quite fiddly. To having to be measured for distance and when i see it demoed i see people moving stuff and they're not really too bothered about moving it exactly to the right quarter yeah. inch and then all oh, that kind of measures for range i like to be exact when i'm playing games you better do it right or don't do it at all and that's why I, the only kind of war game i've got one-on-one is star wars imperial assault and that is played on a modular board with gridded boards so i know i'm moving that figure four grid spaces so yeah. there's no it's never going to be and i'm measuring five for distance on i'm counting the spaces in between my figure and yours so there's yeah. never any you need that predetermined um, grid work don't you yes yeah, there's never any argument about whether i'm in range or not whereas with these kind of skirmish games however i really like the theme it was wild alternate wild west kind of dystopian steampunky nice and you've got all these historical figures so you've got abraham lincoln you've got jesse james but they've all got these fantastical weapons and things like that and it, it looked like really a rocket cool. firing I, hat yeah exactly and I, was, I was chatting to the guys look really cool so i went online i bought some figures and whereas the other miniature games i play are pre-rendered single piece resin figures that you've got to paint these are kind of like warhammer in that you get arms on a sprue and a figure and a, and a body and a head and you have to snip them out and glue them on and paint them so there's a little bit of work to be done there i like it and i've, I've painted a few figures and getting into that so that's one thing of course it's never going to get to the table because i've got too many games to actually play but i like the i like painting so i'll post up some images of the stuff i painted there comic week this week so i just got through the post comics week comics day was yesterday we're recording on thursday today i got powers of x from marvel which is the concluding they should have called it powers of exodus shouldn't they really they should have done yes this was jonathan hickman who came on and kind of revamped the avengers a few years ago he's come on and did house of x and powers of x two house six of issue house of exodus mr trick there marvel what are you thinking <sighs> two six issue miniseries which is kind of trying to revamp it and 
Uh, it's it's good, but it has a lot of Hickman ticks, as I like to call them. Or Tickmans. Which, or Tickmans. Jonathan Tickmans, Hickmans, ticks. And that basically means he makes it very, very confusing. And I think this goes down well with the, the highbrow fanboys, but I am not that clever as those people, and I just want it to be spelled out to me what's going on. So I appreciate his intricacies and the level of craft that he's put in and the art on it by Pepe Larraz and RB Silva on the two series is fantastic but I'm struggling to understand what's really happening which for me takes away I actually have got the last part to read tonight which you know I'll give it a go I think I've got an issue of action comics and something else which I can't a daredevil issue so I'll dig into those and the other thing is I have been playing some more desert strike which means we've now got time for a new jingle i'm retro gaming that's what i'm playing so don't be shaming because then you'll be failing nintendo power not in the shower sega for the ages ghouls and ghost rages atari jaguar how did it get that far sony playstations gave me sensations and now I have to go and do some retro gaming. I said retro gaming, and I'm out. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, it's a new it's a new segment about retro gaming. What am I gonna do with that? That is I, amazing. I don't know how you're gonna put some tunes behind that, but you're a good man. You're good at your job, so you'll do your best. Blimey. But yeah, so. So yeah, I think the last two weeks it was three lines of Desert Strike. So I don't get you... I don't get paid enough for this. <laughs> the show with more segments than a juicy Satsuma. Than a f-ing Terry's chocolate orange. Than a Terry's chocolate orange. But anyway, hey there, mate. Want to hear something great? The chief is here with the Desert Strike update. Yeah, I've been cracking the whip on Desert Strike. I think last I said I had attempted campaign three. And there's only four campaigns uh, unsuccessfully. I tried again this week. Uh, it takes about 35 minutes to get to mission 8, which is the last mission of campaign 3. You need to land at the embassy to rescue a load of people that come out. Now, I did that, got to the embassy. I remember that. Two bit. enemy choppers converged on me. The game froze. <sighs> Son okay. of a business. Okay. Took, a, took about 30 seconds pressing all buttons, star ABCs, to see if it could unfreeze. But, you know, these old school carts, once that's frozen, the only recompense there is reset button so I hit the reset button took a deep breath did it again and I thought you know that's a one-off surely got to that same bit landed my helicopter two enemy helicopters merged on me game froze oh no so at this point uh, I'm in the loft I have a toolkit next to me I opened up the toolkit pulled out the hammer <laughs> pulled out the desert strike car raised the hammer over my head as if I was Thor and this was Yolnir and I'm about to smite this cart with all my power of the gods of Asgard but I stayed my hand, took a breath, put it back in the box, went downstairs, had half an hour's rest. That was really suspenseful. Came back up, tried again, and I thought, right, this the exact same thing happened the two times it froze. As I went to land, two helicopters came on the screen. I think there was too much spritage. Yeah. On, there were too many pixels moving on the screen. So I thought, what I'll do is before I land, I'll circle round, destroy these scumbag helicopters, then I'll land. So that's what I did. Remove these enemies from play, Landed the helicopter, got some cutscenes, people running into my helicopter. Oh, brilliant. Which was good. Then people ran into a bus. So then I've got the final bit. I said, so okay, breathe a sigh of relief. Paused. Give myself a thumbs up. Give myself a high five. Self five. 
just like that. Where did you put the thumb? One of the thumbs up. In the air. In you the said air. you gave yourself a thumbs ass. up. I was just wondering where you put it. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, I smiled. Gave it to the screen. Smiled to myself. <laughs> like, so like, thing... like you were in the intro of an American sitcom. That's it. There you go. There right. you go. Except there's no cameras around to film it. Or the I'll end of Predator, I'll... which is yeah. remarkable. Yeah. They do that. I'll, I'll uh, selfie video myself doing a high, doing a thumbs up. So anyway, I've got the final bit of the mission to go. All these guys are in a bus. Then I have to escort this bus off to the screen, and happy to say, mission successful. So, Amazing. Uh, we're moving on to campaign four, which is the final mission this week. So I hope to have a successful report next week. Congratulations! What about yourself? Have you been doing any uh, retro gaming? I have. Yeah, I've been. I've been since we since we spoke last. I've been uh, chipping away at Contra Three, which can I just say. Because uh, I picked up a couple of um, those little retro cut, like you know, machines that have like you know inbuilt games and stuff on them. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got yeah. the snares. I've got the Genesis, aka Mega Drive. Yeah. Uh, what else have I got? I've got a couple of others, and I so I kind of like you know every now and again I, I go back and have a couple of uh, games on those, and I thought you know you know Contra's been killing me. Like con- I played it like the first time I got it and just died instantly. And guess what? I've probably pumped about four hours into it, and I can I beat that first level? I'm going to say no. No. So that's the end of my update. <laughs> um, I've, I've been so close, and for some reason I just cannot get it down. Uh, I'd never had it as a kid, and I'm glad because I probably would have, wouldn't be alive today <laughs> if right. I'd played that as a kid. It is so difficult. There'll be people on, the, on here going... Oh whatever, I completed it, and I'll be like, "Yeah, okay, fine," but I'm an idiot, and I can't play this game. It's, no, it's hard. Impossible. I mean, this this section could have had an inside chief and Chris's mind. I was fuming when I you know, must put a hammer to that cartridge. So uh, you seem a little bit more accepting yeah. of your defeat. Yeah, uh, I get I guess more. Mine didn't end in defeat. I'm actually more pissed off at the moment that I can't get past a certain phase in Call of Duty, and it's the one. It's the World War Two one. Uh, that I'm having real trouble with with one scene and it's where I'm all of a sudden I'm in this kind of forested area and I've lost all I've got to that point where it keeps re-spawning me into like a the same problem where I don't have any guns any ammo I'm low on life and it just keeps re-spawning me back giving me exactly what I left with so I'm kind of like oh and I just can't get past it because there there are loads of troops and I've got literally nothing to fight them with. So okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. And interestingly, you might have inadvertently you might have stumbled across um, one of my British colleagues because we don't share these prior to the show. And you know, ooh, intrigue. Um, <laughs> while you were talking, I was also just googled because I want to get the Mega Drive Mini. Yes, and it's fun. I. I've just seen that Zavi have got an online offer. If I buy that, I get a free Sonic the Hedgehog T-shirt. Oh, so sold! I think I'm going to do that. This has got 40 games. Says here, including Echo the Dolphin, Castlevania, yep. Space Harrier 2, Shining Force, Doctor Robotnik's Mean Machine, Toe Jam and Earl, Comic Zone, Sonic the Hedgehog, Altered Beast, Gunstar Heroes, and many more. Yes, yeah, tons of that. So I have got the Mega Drive. Obviously, I'm playing Desert Strike on the original Mega Drive, and I'm looking across it box full of games but there's probably at least half of the games on this mini that i don't have and it's quicker and easier for me to buy this rather also, than source them also how many times is eBay. how many times is your original mega drive going to freeze you know what i mean like yeah, it's yeah you're better off getting like the upgraded 
one or, or just doing like an emulator or something yeah yeah i guess this is technically an emulator this mini thing but um yeah yeah good stuff good stuff anything else you've been up to this week well it's i've yeah i've kind of been out of action with the, with the laptop and it's kind of really affected all of the work i have to do and um i had a like an overheating issue with my with with it since day one where the fans come on and just sound, it sounds like it's going to take off seriously it's so loud and i only got it in like 2016 it's pretty high it's a high-end macbook pro like 15 inch screen all of the bells and whistles and i think like about two weeks later they revealed the new macbook pro i was so gutted but my previous uh, laptop was almost dead and i'd had that for about 10 years um so i thought you know what i need to get a new one i kind of can't i need to need it for work really so this one has had this overheating problem since day one they didn't know what it was i've been in there for multiple times they haven't been able to work it out anyway lo and behold my battery needs replacing and it comes up with a little note to say like you know replace soon kind of thing so i thought oh great i'll have to go and get that done for like however many millions of pounds dollars yep. uh so we're going to the apple store and they say oh no this actual battery is on a f- like a recall safety recall so We'll take it out free of charge. I'm like, brilliant. And and lo and behold, that was probably what the f- And lo and behold, that was probably what... Sorry, that I Skype made a noise because you sent yeah. me a message. But usually, I sent you a message. I meant to do it after you'd finished, but I couldn't wait. No problem. Uh, I, I've sent you a link to get your opinion on which Sonic the, t- Sonic the Hedgehog t-shirt I should get. <laughs> anyway, continue your story. So basically, when Skype makes a noise, sometimes it means the other person has been kicked off the line. So I was just making sure you were still there, really. I'm going nowhere. They, the, the battery, obviously, that was, that, and lo and behold, that was what the problem was. The, the, the battery re- safety recall is because it overheats and causes this issue in the in the laptop. So... That's been replaced. Now I've got a, a new, effectively a brand new laptop. They've replaced the battery. They've repa- replaced a lot of like the facade of the laptop, which was clean and nice and smooth anyway, because I take care of these things. But I've got a brand new kind of like, you know, facade and also battery. And uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely smooth as smooth as a tube of crisps, as my dad would say. Uh, that's a British colloquialism that I think only my dad says. <laughs> yes, I've never heard that before. It's it's a fun one, and I'm I'm not going to use it for I'll, I'm not going to use it for British colloquialisms because you know it's self-explanatory. Yeah, so that I, I had the problem is okay. There's a few issues here. I live two and a half hours away from the nearest Apple store. They do have nearby affiliates that they can yeah I can go to and they can maybe do repairs. But the problem is they just have to send that away anyway. So it's either do away do without my laptop for two weeks. Or go into a store, get it fixed, and maybe go in the next day and pick it up. So I, I bit the bullet. I drove into the Apple store on Saturday. I went in and had the Genius Bar kind of appointment sorted out. Spoke with the tech. They said, had you come in here just two days later, we're completely revamping how we do things. And we were going to we would fix stuff in store on, from Monday onwards. So I was like, oh, thanks for making me waste a trip then. Knowing fully well what my issue was. Knowing fully well, you know, I'd asked for, you know, what could be done you know, on the phone to multiple people at Apple. Not one of them mentioned this to me. So I go in on the Saturday, waste a trip effectively because I just had to book in for like, you know, Monday. Turns out I couldn't go in Monday anyway because I had a passport being delivered, uh, aka my one from the UK, my my update, because uh, 
I had to do that online and yada 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 long story short I was out without a passport for like two weeks three weeks so that came back but I had to be in to sign for it and I wasn't going to miss my passport being delivered so then I had to book in for Tuesday I book in for Tuesday I drive all the way in leave it with them I plead with them to get it get it to me tomorrow they said we'll do their best I get a phone call the next day at like lunchtime so then I had to book it up there again two and a half hour drive get there get pick up my laptop all is well hoon it back and I get back home for about six o'clock because I mean it's, it's you know you're talking a long friggin journey yeah and then so you know finally got that sorted out and then it's like okay I can record Thursday <laughs> So it's yeah. been a bit of a whirlwind for me this week. It's been um, kind of crazy. Inside Chris's mind. Yeah. Actually, that means it is now time for Inside Chief's mind. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's amazing uh, how we haven't had our beverages yet as well. Ah, <sighs> ball bags. Yes. Do you want to do well, beverages now? No, we'll do. You, let's. We're already inside your mind. Yeah, we are. And uh, it's people this week again. People. 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 Who just cannot wait. Impatient mothers. Not as in. I don't mean mothers of children. I mean MFs. mother. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant. I thought you were about to talk about some sort of school thing. No. Where? No, that's brilliant. <laughs> So when I get off the tube to work, I get I get off at Stratford, which is East London. It's the last stop, and when the doors open, there's normally about hundred people waiting to get on, and they kind of cram around near the doors opening. Hate it. Even though there's like enough space to get three people wide, they cram so much that you can only go single file. Hate them. Now that's okay. You know that's to be expected. That's fine because they do leave a gap. However. Today, this morning, when I was getting, trying to get off the bus, because then I have to get a bus to work, there were, you know, about three or four people had already got off, and then it was my turn to get off, and there were 15 people waiting to get off after me, and some woman woman has just already piled into the front, blocking the exit. She can clearly see there's about 15 people waiting to get off, she's bundled on the front, like leaving me not much space so as I got off my bags whacked her in the face and she's had a massive go at me I'm like you should have waited for everyone to get off the bus love wow. what are you doing you know protocol you know procedure or maybe she doesn't maybe you know that's a free pass or not but I'm saying everyone should know the procedure let people off then you get on yeah totally there you go that's it there's no, no more rant or ramble there that's, that's it that's all I got good <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about beverages beverage for the show the beverage for the show now i am gonna go and drink my beverage for the show let's talk about beverages let's talk about you and me let's talk about all the good things and the bad things about green tea let's talk about beverages Let's talk about beverages. Yeah, because I've got another inside Chief's mind here. Go on then. People uh, singing theme tunes that they don't own. I've got two. I've got, I've got I'm greedy. I've got two beverages. Um, oh, you said that would never happen again. I, I know, but but I only, I'm only bringing this up because it's it's annoyed me. Right. 
And I decided, I had a cold drink here, which is one I've never had before, and this will surprise you. It's a Schnapple. Ooh, or Snapple. Snapple. Yeah. Not Schnapple, Snapple. Yeah, it's I've SM, that, yeah. Be- before I come on to that, I thought, I'm going up into the loft, bit chilly, bit cold, we've had a storm, a nice hot drink would do me well. So I decided to make myself a hot beverage, and I made myself a chai latte. Or a charte, as I call them. This is a, it's a powder drink from the company. It's called Drink Me Chai. It's a spiced chai latte, and it is a powdered blend of aromatic spices with skimmed milk and sweetened black tea. So I put three spoonfuls in there, a little bit of hot water from the kettle to make it up into like a paste. Then I pour in my milk, and this time I was using a oat milk. Uh, makes it very creamy in the nice. microwave 90 seconds out boom i go to take it out of the microwave i can't even pick the mug up yeah because the mug is so hot yeah. now i've never i just transfer it i've never in my life put a mug into the microwave heated it up and not been able to pick up the mug so what i'm saying is this clown company who's made this mug no one makes mugs that you can't pick up out of the microwave surely but these people, Emma Bridgewater, made in Stoke-on-Trent, England. Now, these are expensive ones. These, I got this. This is a Mr. Cup. And the missus got one, a Mrs. Cup. For a, It was a wedding present. Oh, I could have guessed that. Whenever we got married, I don't know how long ago that was. And they were expensive ones. But make mugs that can be picked up hot out of the microwave. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, it was very nice. When it cooled down, very creamy and very nice. Now, let's, let's get on with the cold drink. Snapple. Kiwi meets strawberry. Wow. Strawberry, kiwarberry. Uh, it's allowed in the house because it's a glass bottle, not plastic. Classic. It's strangely 473 mils. Ooh. So I guess this, if you put that into Google, that is probably going to come out as come out as a American-sized ounces volume. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like a standardized. Let's have a go. The smell was the smell was lovely, and the taste. The taste does not match the smell. Oh, that's a shame. There's the strawberry hints are nice. I'm getting a little bit of kiwi, but it's kind of got a, a, a nasty furry aftertaste on oh, my that's tongue. That's a shame. I'm disappointed. I, I'm going to drink it, obviously, but I'm disappointed. What about yourself? So, again, really poorly planned this whole situation considering i've been in kansas city twice i had the opportunity to buy drinks from multiple gas stations i was gonna say is kansas city known for having drink well you know it's not where i live you know which is the middle of nowhere it's a big thriving city so considering i've been you know and again on the road where you go into multiple different gas stations petrol stations etc who have, which have huge arrays of drinks in about 50 fridges. Each one of these places has about 50 fridges. It's mental. And, yeah, so I missed the boat big time on picking something up for this episode. Thankfully, I was advised by my wife, Kate, that, oh, by the way, there's a, a Perrier L'Orange flavoured carbonated mineral water in the fridge that was left here by our her kind of unofficial nana, <laughs> Nancy, a friend of the family who is basically a family member now. Yeah, she came to Nancy. visit and she left it. So hi, Nancy. She's not listening. And uh, yeah, so she left this here. And so I thought, you know what? I've never had this. Let's give it a shot. Um, there's your opening. It's in, a, it's in one of those like thin, small. It's like one of those really tiny cans, but really tall. So it's okay. tall and thin. It's like two gulps for you, probably. Here we go. Probably. Uh, finished already yeah that's um 
That's what that's, she said. That's that's hideous. That's hideous. Okay. It's basically you know it, it's carbonated. It's like carbonated water. It's like fizzy water with a hint, like the slightest hint that there was an orange death in there three hundred okay. years ago. They placed an orange near it. If the, if the, if I'm describing the taste, it's orange as if death. Oh, it's as nice. if the it's as if the I've just tasted what a ghost would taste if it drank an orange drink. Okay, ghost drink. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, I just noticed. Right. I'm just noticed on the inside of my lid. It's like it no sweetness. Says, it says real fact number four four four. The Statue of Liberty wears a size eight hundred and seventy nine sandal. Get all the real facts at Snapple dot com. Yeah, they do Snapple. some amazing. They do uh, sorry, amazing Snapple dot eu. It's like um, QI the Snapple oh, interior. Great, great show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. we've had beverages. Neither of us were actually satisfied there. So, uh, uh, most disappointing. Let's, let's aim to do better next week. Done. Done. Now, I think we're approaching time to talk about G.I. Joe comics. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap and Chris discuss them. Whoa. So, we have got issues 132, 133, and 134. This is a standalone-ish story for us to be able to rank. It comes after the Cobra assault on the pit, which Cobra Commander's ultimate aim was simply to VHS record his attack and then sell it to people about his super radar busting systems. Very strange. And now we've got the G.I. Joe Retaliation, not the movie, (laughs) which consists of a strange team roadblock lady j duke and snake eyes and they are going to cobra island to extract revenge although we never really know what their actual plan is i don't think we'll come on to that in a minute let's talk about the covers first of all one three two we have got snake eyes wielding his sword and looks like we don't know who this is yet on the front cover bad guy it looks like terminator some sort of terminator now don't take this the wrong way but you are Terminator, right? Yes. Sabadan Systems Model 101. And then you've got Roblox and Lady J in the background. Snake Eyes Unbound. It's all right, I guess. Yeah, it's cool. It's quite dynamic. This is one that would catch your eye on the shelf, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. 133. This is, again, quite a dynamic cover. It's, a, it's just full frontal. nudity. Full frontal of Snake Eyes leaping towards us. And, yeah. In fact, I'm looking here. You know, have you got any little bottom left icons or are they blanked out white okay bear with me two seconds i have to pick my phone up because i had to put it on charge because i wasn't prepared and my dog is laying on my lap and i don't want to disturb him too much hang on okay get to the chopper i've got it i've got it in my hand wait hang on i'm nearly there when did you let arnie in What is this? Google Maps has used your location two times in the background over the past three days. Do you want to continue yeah. to allow background location use? Yeah, I don't care. F*** yeah. hell. Do it, man. I know you get an upgrade on your phone, you know, like the, the new operating system, and you yep. just have to redo everything. Yeah. Okay, so the it. question was, do I have anything in the bottom lefty? I've got a Duke sketch, yeah. Okay, yeah, cool, because on the previous one, I had a uh, Spider-Man 30th anniversary, and I think that little Duke sketch is new. Yeah, it is because the other one on the IDW app, they usually have just a white box there because yeah, it's usually the barcode or something. Yep, yep. So, yeah, they didn't have anything on the last one, and they do have right. a Duke sketch on this one. Yeah, and on the next one, I've got X Men 30 years. 
but yeah so talking about one three uh, do you like one three three that snake eyes one i do i think it's very cool cool like the coloring angle yeah color i like that kind of flash explosion behind him that yellow yeah. into like you know dark like dark orange it's cool yeah. uh one three four this is all of the four joes here on the cover as well as firefly who seems to be you don't know why but he's standing on the shoulders of a load of red ninjas that's <laughs> my only it's my only annoyance of this 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 arc but yeah i like on this one again you know how we discussed how yeah. the logos get kind of affected by what's happening in the action you've and got like the snake eyes yeah. in the top left hand corner in like that's all busted up and you've got cracks in the gi joe logo which i think is wicked and Wildman's signature is on a piece of paper that's floating around in the bottom right-hand corner as well, which is neat. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. We've got Larry Harmer, like you mentioned. We've got uh, Andy Wildman, who's doing the art. We've got Larry Harmer scripting, Rick Parker lettering, Stephen Baskerville's on uh, finishes, uh, and Bob Shereen's on colours. And that's the same except for one, three, two, in which we've got guest pencils by Rurik Tyler, who I have never heard of. Can I say on one three two, I I really dug the art, and I loved, okay. I loved, and you probably don't, but I loved some of the the, the halo jump that they do. So they have, yep. they're obviously they're in, they insert into Cobra Island airspace using Wild Bill and Ace in the Hercules and C one thirty, sorry, and uh, Ghost Rider or what's his name in the which is said again as a joke um in the (laughs) x19 and i just love this whole not like you know kind of like the the process that they're going through that they're all talking through the military process of a halo jump high altitude low opening and they're you know you've got stalker who's basically airborne in this situation so i thought that was a weird decision to have stalker as the um I suppose what they call the jump master, jump master, yeah, yeah. Master yeah. That so to have him there doing that, I felt was a bit odd. It is, a, it is a rather random selection. Plus, Stalker has reverted to his Tundra Ranger gear again, so yeah. he's had three changes of costume and has gone back and forth as well in that time period. So it, it's it's really weird that they're that they're kind of flip flopping around. And I wonder if there was any pressure. It's probably, to be honest, it's probably all just reference to the artist, and as, as opposed to them saying, like, you know, can we can we promote this figure a bit more that it's shelf warming or something? Do you know what I mean? I think there's, it's more to do with what reference the actual artist has at hand uh, or what they're given. Uh, but yeah. I just love. I think the art is really cool. Like, there's some beautiful scenes and like really cool like angles of the x19 flying through panels and whipping over like low over the cobra uh, airspace and everything it's just it's just beautiful and then when they do the jump it's, i don't know i just thought that was really really cool yeah the setup there at the beginning you know is pretty cool um what is it ever explained what they're actually it seems strange to send in just four joes because i'm not really sure what their ultimate mission was yeah that's a confusing one i think there's no, there is no explanation at any point it is just the retaliation so they're they're obviously sending a small team in stealthily just to make sure that you know maybe maybe as recon maybe just to kind of get in there and cause some sabotage kind of situation yeah. you know like kind of mess things up from the inside out but but why are they why have they picked that team though yeah has Cobra pulled out of Cobra Island completely? I don't really understand where everyone has gone because that was a, a massive stronghold and, you know, there must be so much armour and infantry there or are they just now spread out in Millville and Brocker Beach? And I think it's a 
they'd done it over a period of time and Cobra Commander had been taking a lot of his forces out of there prior to that and putting them in other places as you mentioned but then if you but if you look at the comics on the lead up to this you'll see that there's less and less presence by Cobra going through that arc you know they're all over the place and they're being kind of used in other areas and then yeah. even when they come back they're all in their choppers and Cobra Commander's like we can have the place Ooh. we're off mate do you know yeah. he so he does claim he does maintain that they're not going to be there and he's he's booking out and you can have it so there's yeah. no way he would leave anyone behind and yeah i guess i guess they just made a massive effort to move everything out of there although i think it had been done over time personally because yeah. i don't yeah. remember seeing that much in the way in the like even when we look back at other issues you see like small teams of like night vipers and you know, little groups here that were looking for uh, any remnants from the from the freighter, and you know, when they were looking around for other things, it was always a small team of of you know techno vipers and tele vipers. It was never like a big cobra presence, and there hasn't been a big cobra presence there for a long time. Yeah, I'm sure you're happy that Snake Eyes no longer has his uh, trench knives on his chest. Yeah, um, yeah, I am. Just because um, it's a, you know, that's not part of that costume, and I was just yeah. being OCD. It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't really bother me. I was really joking about that before, but it was just, and it was also something to mention because I want to be that that guy that always picks out these little things, you know, that I hate online. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, you are that guy. Um, I am. I found it a bit strange. So they've inserted themselves, so to speak. The Joes, that is. And Roadblock has caught a gust of wind or something. He's got windy pops. And his parachute has taken him off course. And... Uh, the art of dragged, halo jumping being, by Gus yeah, Tovwind. He's Sorry, being dragged off across the marsh. 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 And Lady J says, we have to cut him loose. Who's and Duke Marsha? Says, Duke Who's says, we can't jeopardise the mission for one Joe. If he can get clear, he'll meet up with us. So, you know, we've kind of been led to believe previously that no Joe gets left behind. But here, Duke's like, ah, whatever, roadblock. We don't know. It, it felt a little bit like Duke would, wouldn't be saying that. He'd be saying, right, cool, we've got to get him back on board. But felt like he's just cutting him loose a bit too easily no i agree with that because if they're going in like on a stealth mission like if they lose a man or woman in that situation and they get caught whatever their their cover's blown so surely you want to kind of protect your team and also like you say that isn't like duke duke is very yeah. much he is the boy scout like he yeah. yes he's he's for the mission but he's also very much for his men and women. I think I think if it was maybe like Leatherneck or someone else who is generally grumpy, that would have been fine. I would never have a problem <laughs> with it. And also, Roadblock, that's a plot point. Roadblock needs to be out of the picture so he can come back and save him later. Yeah, yeah, as yeah. part of the story point. Yeah. But we also get a look, good look here at the the Terminators, who they actually ID the Joe I, team ID them as BATs. Yeah, they're just stripped down bats, so this is like what they look like inside, basically. Oh, okay. I thought they were like new souped-up versions. I don't think so. Okay. And interestingly, before they realise they're bats, they've come up behind two of them. Duke has got up behind one and has got his knife out and tried to slit his throat, thinking it was actually a human. Yeah. Because then he says, wait a minute, these aren't humans, they're bats. So we're led to believe Duke was going to slice this guy's neck open. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's war, isn't it? That is war, but it hasn't really been... I don't think we've ever seen a Joe yet on panel try and cut someone's throat, but... Although Snake Eyes cuts people in half all the time. 
We've seen I guess a few, he does. Yeah. We've seen a few neck slices, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I guess they can do it because it's a, it's a, not a human, ultimately. But yeah. Some good firefight action here, I think. Yeah, some nice stuff. I mean, I lo- again, I love the art. I think it's really, really dope. But, uh, yeah, it's weird. And also, um, if I'm going to be pedantic about Snake Eyes costume, I'm going to be pedantic about Duke's. This version of him as the figure is actually short sleeve, so it's weird that they've kind of and also the deco is slightly like lighter. So the color, in terms of color, it's it's quite weird. It's almost like a completely different version of Duke than than one that exists really. Yeah, and okay, while the while the Joes are fighting out with these BATs, we see a bit of Firefly, and he kind of suggests or he tells us that the island is now deserted, and Firefly owns it so to speak with his band of brainwave scattered zombified red ninjas and slice and dice and there's, there's, a, there's a bit where he's painted over the cobra logo with the word firefly they must have like a funny they, they seem to have like a a constant supply of spray paint don't they yeah they love it they love it and red ninja red ninjas apparently but and um, bats and bats yeah yeah so yeah the joes are making that and they know that the joes are there obviously because they're getting intel back from the bats that it's the Joes coming and Firefly decides to kind of hide and wait till they get there. And then when the Joes do get to, where is it they get to? Like the, the old HQ, I guess. Cobra headquarters, yeah. Cobra headquarters. Again, it's, it's, I'm not sure on motives here. Snake Eyes goes off alone to do some recon while the others, you know, stay back 100 yards or so. And the signal is going to be a long burst on the Uzi if he's in trouble and again i'm not are they just is it a scouting mission again i'm not sure but snake eyes does infiltrate there's some real cool panels here where snake eyes is climbing up the building and and kind of jumps down and there's a bit of text here of reprogramming ah, reprogramming diagram so he's there's a lot of papers flying around yeah the infiltration scene's nice and like any, everything that snake eyes kind of does is really cool like cutting the door in half and, and then splitting yeah, the, the bat the other half. side that's really cool and then you know those two red ninjas were behind the curtain they just go and stick their swords out hoping that we hoping that they catch him and he just jumps and cut, obviously cut, decapitates them but you don't see the uh you don't see the uh, end game of that thankfully yeah. And then you kind of move through and Firefly, the Red Ninjas and Snake Eyes end up all meeting, converging. Uh, he's trying to keep Slice and Dice quiet. Who are, they've, they've been brainwashed, brain scanned, but yep. he needs to keep them slightly, you know, not fully brainwashed so that they can be aware and still fight like ninjas and so on and so forth. And so they're almost like trying to fight this a little bit. And they keep, they're like acting like children while they're waiting for Snake Eyes yeah. to kind of like, you know, and he's like, shut up, like you need to keep quiet, otherwise he's going to hear us. And all this stuff about like keeping quiet, they've just been talking the whole time. They're not, they're not, they're <laughs> not being quiet. So like, it's too late, I'm afraid, in my opinion. If he's, if Snake Eyes yeah. is so ninja, then he would have heard that. Yeah. And then eventually when, you know, he does discover the enclave of bad guys. It all goes south. He pops, he does the long burst on the Uzi and then the, the rest of the Joe team come in and then the the bad guys bust out the front doors in paralyzer tanks. And actually, I'm looking at a picture here of Duke in short sleeves. Oh, he rolled his sleeves up. Yeah, yeah. So he's yeah, gone. Yeah. It, it, this is it's because he's picking that huge gun up. Uh, <laughs> so now he's, yeah, he's rolled his sleeves up and looks freaking mental. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I suppose yeah. it has reverted it back closer to the um, to the actual figure. Yeah, because you're right on the panel before where the the paralyzer tanks come out. He has got long sleeves, and then he has decided to 
roll them up. I will. I can actually, you know, I can wind my neck in on that one, really, because, yeah, that does happen. And guess what? Clothes have the ability to do that. <laughs> so that's totally fine. Here's a bit that we will talk about. Uh, you mentioned it briefly <laughs> at the beginning. As opposed to all the stuff we haven't done, we haven't talked about. You're going to say the scorpion, aren't you? Form up the scorpion, assemble the body, raise the tail, and Firefly himself will be the stinger. That's Firefly talking. So Voltron. Third person. Does he think they're Devastator or something? My favourite bit is on the last page of this issue the scorpion was a secret battle tactic of your arashikage ninja clan snake eyes it is unbeatable it says it is an unbeatable form impervious to counterattacks and totally unstoppable what about if someone just knocks out some of the red ninjas at the bottom of the scorpion which is exactly what he does yeah yeah so he's uh, misread the situation there firefly i do like as well like there's one point where firefly and snake eyes are going to go head to head and firefly is like really confident that he can take him which is weird because in the past he hasn't been you know all of a sudden yeah. he's really confident now that he can take him so they go like he thinks he's got a more uh, like a like a better mind when it comes to like strategy and tactics and stuff which is weird because what difference does that make when you're one on one with swords like i don't really get it yeah exactly. um snake drops his sword and like thugs it into the ground chungs it into the floor and then starts doing the arashikage mindset and firefly's like you know that's not going to work on me mate and, he, you yep. know, if you've forgotten I'm a ninja master, he says he's not... Because he's... The other thing is, Firefly's turned all the cameras onto them so that he that everyone can witness Snake Eye's demise, which was so f***ing dumb. And so Snake Eye does that. He does the Arashikage mindset, and it affects all the people watching, which is Slice, Dice, the Red Ninjas, and they're all free. They don't want to help Firefly anymore. And so yep. they just say, you know, whatever. And the Joes don't have a, have a battle on their hands anymore. And uh, Snake Eyes easily defeats Firefly. There was a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've turned the page and I've got a an advert here for a VHS tape, which can mean only one thing. It's time for Comic Ad Talk within Comic Talk. Comic Talk. Oh, Comic Talk. Stop. Rewind, Selector. It's Comic Talk, but not as you know it. I'm asking Chris questions. Let's hope he don't blow it. I found some ads in this comic I'm reading. Chris's brain is working overtime. I think you hear it bleeding. NFL and NBA trading cards. He's digging up answers like bodies in graveyards, cereal, candy, and video games. His knowledge is good. Is it as good as he claims? Can he name the X-Men or even the Avengers? Landing answers like, right, we might need some dentures. If you don't like this segment, you best take a walk, because it's Comic Ad Talk within Comic Talk. Right, so this is a... Advert, nothing stops Marvel's X-Men. You'll want to own the first in their action-packed video series, Night of the Sentinels. Suggested retail price, $12.95. So I have got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Actually, we did an X-Men one last week, and I think you've got them all except Dazzler. Correct. So here I have seven X-Men on on this advert. We're advertising Night of the Sentinels. Yars. So, can you name the seven? Uh, well, I'm just going to go for the normals for, to start with. Um, Wolverine. Check. Uh, Storm. Ding. Cyclops. Correct. Nightcrawler. Incorrect. Uh, uh, Colossus. Incorrect. Uh, Kitty. Incorrect. Gambit. Correct. Rogue. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, morph. Uh, morph. You know the, the guy that. Yeah, um, I know, I know. Well, isn't isn't he in the like the first kind of fewish um, episodes? More, I don't, know. I don't think so. Yeah, he came he, late, didn't he? No, no, because he ends up getting who left you, behind at the who beginning. Who do you think him Morph is? Well, he gets uh, he gets left. Googling. He get he gets left at the beginning. They leave him behind, and and then they all leave, 
and then he comes back later in the show like and they, he wasn't dead and all that kind of stuff do you not remember the, the cartoon I never watched it well that's probably why you don't know who Morph is then <laughs> no I know I think when you said it I was like yeah Morph he's a guy he can morph into different people yeah yeah he wears, he's got a white face he wears a cape yeah, his first appearance was in the, or his first appearance in the in the cartoon was that that first episode. Oh, here you go, first appearance, X Men, the animated series, Night of the Sentinels. Yeah, I, I take back my scorn, but he's not of in you there. for making that decision, that that guess. But no, he's not in there. Okay, so it's it's just the t- it's Professor X then. Uh, Professor X, yes, and one more. You named this character last week, and it was an incorrect choice. Oh God, I'm just trying, think- I'm just trying to think of the animated series now. Basic, the you know, like the basic team. Wolverine, Gambit, Rogue, uh, Jean. No, but it is a female. <laughs> Jubilee. Yes. How is Jean not on any X Men ads? It's mental. Well, yeah, she is. Actually, she's not, is she? Okay, cool. Um, I've got to give you one more. This is Bullpen Bulletins, and I'm going to pick out some random Marvel comics that were on sale. Uh, this week in 1992, uh, the month of March. 1993 even March 1993 there was one title on sale this week that began with the letter A Amazing Spider-Man no (coughs) Avengers yes issue 360 the Avengers are seeing double vision as another of their members is replaced by an imposter foil cover double size 30th anniversary excitement there's one comic that starts with an I Invincible Iron Man Uh, no (coughs) oh um I yeah, well, you you might say H is I H. Oh, Incredible Hulk! Incredible Hulk issue four hundred three. The Avengers want to take down the Red Skull, but the Hulk has a few bones to pick. <laughs> Shouldn't it be pick with him or them? He just has a few few bones to pick. That's all. <laughs> with new art team Gary Frank and Cam Smith. Let's pick out uh, a P. <laughs> one one Marvel title this week with it starts with the letter P. It doesn't have this word in front of it, but it might help you guess it if I said it. If you said have the in front of it the p <laughs> oh my god i have no uh, idea what that could be he featured in a video game when i questioned you on this about three or four weeks ago oh my god like i can remember three or four weeks ago i'm gonna give you a countdown in a minute. just say it <laughs> uh punisher oh shit. okay yeah brilliant. uh issue 76 remember the body count equals the issue number each month <laughs> Blimey. Is, that a, is that a gag or not or are there actually 76 deaths oh, that'd be in interesting. Punisher 76 that, that would be interesting if that was the case uh, yep. does that uh, mean there's awesome. only one dead in issue one <laughs> yeah. there's a W there's, a, there's two W's Wolverine uh, no uh, you're not going to get either of no them. I'm not Warlock and the Infinity Watch issue 14 Warlock's in a coma and the UN seizes Monster Isle and what if 47? Oh, yeah. What if Magneto took over the USA? Talk about your sales, magnets. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yeah. I, used, yeah. I do have a lot of what if titles, but I, I never would have thought. Of that. I, was, I was just thinking characters, one track yeah. mind. Anyway, uh, hopefully in the issues next week, I can quiz Chris some more. Yeah, so going back to where we were, I think you were saying, yeah, Snake Eyes defeats Firefly. There's a, there's a funky bit here where it's almost like he invents Skype. Because he's in his control room <laughs> and he turns all the TVs into two-way monitors so that he wants to showcase his defeat of Snake Eyes to 
everyone who's the Joes, the Red Ninjas, Slice Dice, everyone. He wants to just, you know, broadcast it to the world. So he turns it into a two-way monitor. So he's, he's kind of invented Skype before it was a thing. And what we actually see, obviously, is Snake Eyes defeat Firefly quite easily. Very easily. Yes, very easily. He does the uh, Arashikage mindset into the two-way monitors and takes all of the ninjas and everyone else out of their zombification. Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant! Yeah, and, that, and then it ends as in, you know, kind of Larry Harmer style, one page where Snake Eyes has left Firefly at the mercy of Slice and Dice and then he turns off the TV set. Cute. I do quite like that. It's a nice, that's a really nice page at the end, I think, where he's walking up to them, walks past them, goes up to the screen and just click, and then it's over. I just, I think that's a nice touch. But I agree with you on a lot of things about this arc. There's no point for them doing this. This is hardly retaliation. Cobra aren't even there anymore. You know, they've gone in, just dropped four randoms in there to do what? You know, what are they going to do? They, they struggle to do something against firefly slice dice and a bunch of bats and some red ninjas what would they have done if the entire cobra army had been there you know like it you know they were found almost immediately so what would they have done had more people been on on the island at the time it just seems like a really you know in terms of a of a concept an idea it's a bit loose but i do i must admit i think some of the art's gorgeous some of the action's loads of fun it was really fun to read the writing's really good i'm not talking about the plot but i'm talking about like the actual back and forth the actual dialogue i, I liked enjoyed you tweeted me prior to us recording i said yeah i'm ready to go tonight and you said those three issues are awesome classic joe now has us it's talking true. about it changed that opinion or no, are you still it's saying true. It's still classic Joe, isn't it? You know, like, I'm not saying it... Because a lot of the time, a lot of the stories we do enjoy from G.I. Joe are far-fetched as f***. Like, they're really ridiculous. I totally, totally agree with you on on a lot of those aspects. And I think what this issue does that some of the others haven't done previously for me is the art and the dialogue and the pace and all of that kind of stuff is, is enough to cover over some of those cracks where in the pre- in some of the previous issues even though there's beautiful art in there the stories have been so weak that I've struggled to give them high marks now I, I'm, it's been quite up and down for me the last couple of week like last 6 or 7 weeks of stories some of them have been really good and some of them I think have been real duds but for this one it's kind of in between that a little bit in that some of the you know it doesn't does this ne- does this story need to be told probably not is it a nice enjoyable fun ride yes it is okay yep so and what does what does that equate to yojo coleridge <laughs> i think from i'm going to ha- i'm going to have to i'm going to have to be realistic and give it a high 7 high 7 chief is coming in with i'm undecided it's either going to be a low 7 or a high 6 and i will I'll put it onto the every Joe story ever tracker when I when I make my mind up. In fact, we probably need to update that at some point. After we've updated it, we'll tweet it out and people can go and have a look and either disagree or agree with our decisions. But yeah, I, I'm I'm in. I can't decide between a high six or low seven, but I will decide in the coming days. Uh, next week we will be covering a four issue arc. It's Snake Eyes and Ninja Force, and that's one three five through to one three eight. 
So do your homework, read ahead. Otherwise, a lot of what we say will not make sense. That's the case anyway, I'm afraid. That's the case every week. And uh, right now, you need to tell me about some toys, buddy. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and the animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. For Christopher Talks, full name, for Christopher Talks Toys on this particular Ishwari Nan, I have decided to look at that guy we were talking about earlier on. Because obviously there's Duke, basically. Because, let's face it, there's not much to really choose from in this issue apart from a new roadblock with his new costume, by the way, which we didn't mention. And I should have mentioned it, but I completely forgot to tell you. That is the new Battlecore roadblock costume. Armani, Prada, Versace too. Joe's changed their outfits from black to blue. Duke and Hawk, look, but don't gawk. Changing their kit. Whoa, is that legit? Swapping camo jackets, headgear and boots. It's now neon colours and funky space suits. Sci-fi stalker and even roadblocks. While Bill, Flint and Muck gave me a shot. So go take a walk if clothes aren't your passion Because it's comic book talk and lovely G.I. Joe fashion Oh, is it? So we do have a fashion talk All right. Within fashion talk Within yeah. comic talk Apologies, I, I, I completely forgot that as we were talking when we were talking earlier. But yeah, so we've got we've got a new roadblock But I decided to go with the Duke Because there's some interesting aspects to this particular character's get up Which I kind of alluded to a little bit before So the toy itself was a... 1993 release in both the United States and the United Kingdom. Duke version 4 in the US, version 3 in the United Kingdom. Now, just prior to this release, there was another Duke in similar garb, but with kind of more highlighted red accents. It's a different mould completely, but it was a completely different... You know, it was the one that basically showed up in the Deke cartoon. <laughs> this particular version comes out in 93. Now, we'd already had, like, an homage to the Desert Fatigues in the United States with a Hall of Fame Duke that came out in 91. So, effectively, what this figure is, it's almost like the three-and-three-quarter version of that. I suppose because the the deco of that military fatigue is really complicated, it's got, like, those little kind of like little circular white and black kind of bits that that are randomly dotted around as well, which obviously you don't get on this figure. The, this figure, they went really basic with it. It was just like a tan gear and then these blotches, kind of like dark brown or light brown blotches all over it with uh, brown straps and boots. Kind of a ready brown, I should say. And yeah, so it was really weird that that kind of happened because, like I said, we'd already had that Deke version, Joe uh, Duke, previously and then we came into this one all of a sudden and again with that i suppose homage to the hall of fame figure and interestingly enough the card art has got duke in like way more complicated fatigue patterns with that you know that military style so the figure really skimped on on the deco on this one and i'll just read out the i'll just read out the the file card so Conrad Hauser S is his file name, or Hauser, comma, Conrad S. Serial number 2340955G189, grade E8, Master Sergeant, birthplace St. Louis, Missouri, which is two hours down the road from where I am right now, primary specialty ranger, secondary specialty military intelligence, G2, motto, they've added motto to this, a real G.I. Joe should be on the front line with his men, which is where you'll find me. I like that. Yeah, we're like, we won't find you there a lot of the time. A lot of the time, <laughs> you're not there. 
Duke pushing a pen, yeah. Exactly. Duke is a natural leader and nobody knows that better than his men. He passed up an officer's commission because he wanted to stay where the action was on the front lines, not twiddling his thumbs back at some fancy officer's club or in chief's attic. Instead of sitting around <laughs> talking with a bunch of boring brass, he'd rather split some K-rations with a platoon of grunts in a battlefield foxhole. He's a firm believer in discipline and the no-pain-no-gain work ethic. His men may complain from time to time about more mu- about sore muscles, <laughs> more muscles, but when the bullets start to fly, you can bet every one of them thanks Duke for the rigorous training he put them through. Then it basically lists all of the things on his person, on the card art, and they have like a little key with numbers on it, but I'm not going to read all that, that out. But it does say, and I, I will read this out, desert camouflage fatigues. So, you know, they're making a big deal out of that. And then when you look at the figure, they pretty much went, well, let's just do the bare minimum with it. Now, even having said that, I do like the figure. I think it's a cool, like, he's very much like a generic desert soldier in what he ends up looking like. So you could easily kind of army build this kind of figure. It doesn't have to be Duke. It could just be like a group of regular kind of soldiers so that's that's always quite cool he came with quite a few accessories he came with a shotgun submachine gun a rifle well they say it's a rifle it's a very chubby rifle a machete the gold missile launcher that they started giving with everything and obviously two missiles and a stand the card art is brilliant it's basically him in like a one he's kind of like in a uh lunging position where he's almost like he's got one knee on the ground so he's kind of like kneeling on one knee. He's got the missile launcher in his left hand kind of blazing that to, you know, all over the place, but even though it's purple. And he's lobbing a grenade, which is getting closer to the person looking at the card, which is brilliant. And it's on a Battlecore card, which is one of those kind of classic um, tall like black background. And then it's got these l- blue lasers that come from the top left-hand corner and spread out across the card in the background. Really, really cool. So yeah, that is... Uh, Duke and obviously like I said he did have that Hall of Fame figure in 91 which is almost like this figure is almost the homage of that particular figure and then that's the one that they've kind of used in the issues that we've just covered so that's Duke uh, version 3 in the UK version 4 in the United States good stuff good stuff with or without rolled up sleeves with or without you yeah good stuff more toys next week I hope um, I'm, I'm sure you've got a back catalogue of stuff you want to get through so much yeah but before we do that we need to confuse people with British colloquialisms aka over egg in the pudding we got a pudding we're gonna egg it we got a pudding we're gonna over egg it we got a pudding we got no criticisms that means it's time for some British colloquialisms comic talk <laughs> can't get away from it uh who's going first i'm going to go first do it <laughs> that's really rude isn't it i'm going first because i'm more important than you do it do I'm it now gonna, so my one is a i'm it's, this is weird because the etymol etymologically i don't know if that's even a word it, yeah. origin wise this particular term is confused as to where it originated now lots of people's uh, numerous sources state irish scottish or english but with that in mind it's probably at least the 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 origin could at least be uk why we can say uk so with that in mind and with what's happening outside i messaged someone earlier on to say it is blowing a hoolie blowing a hoolie now that just means it's really the weather's really bad and it's absolutely you know 
shutting it down and it's thunder and lightning and all sorts blowing a hoolie just refers to the the weather and the wind and so on so hoolie could be spelled h-o-o-l-e-i-e or h-o-o-l-e-y there's no specific spelling for these and like i said etymologically not a word probably it's suggested irish scottish or english origin and there's also the term blowing a hooligan which is where they believe it came from originally but again not it's not specifically confirmed that that's exactly what it's come from and also that would refer to i think something along the lines of yachtsmen and and boaters and people that are out on the high seas when the when the, when it gets really badly when it when the weather gets really bad they were often call it blowing a hooligan so yeah so the reason i'm bringing it up is because it's it seems to be it seems to have been adopted by the norfolk people and blowing a hooli when said in a norfolk accent is something that I I just remember vividly. So yeah, that is mine. Blowing a hooli. Blowing that hooli. And it has been blowing a f-ing hooli as well outside. I'm not yeah, sure it's right. come through, but it's been really really stormy. Yeah, good one. My one I use today. We have a table tennis table in the office at work, and I spend most of my day on that. Um, I don't think anyone from work listens to this podcast, so that's okay. I can say good. that. Good. I'm actually in a tournament at the moment at work. I'm waiting to play my last group game tomorrow, which will put me top of the group, and then they go into the knockout knockout stages after that, and I'll be playing T Dizzy in round one of the knockouts. But anyway, I was uh, playing a playing a little warm up friendly match today against my buddy uh, C Dubs, and he hit a shot, and I think it ro- went hit the net, crawled along the net jumped over my side, hit the edge of the table and then gave me no chance to actually return it. And I said, you spawny bastard. Spawny. <laughs> and spawny is my one. Now, I haven't used that. I don't know why I used that. I haven't used that in years, probably 25 years. Uh, but it just came to me and I called him spawny and using it in reference to being... Fortunate, uh, lucky. Luck- yeah. Lucky, fortunate. Or in the UK, as a, you know... Before I knew another use of the word, I would also use you spunky b****. Oh, right. Covered in spunk, yeah. But but I didn't know what spunk was at the time, so... Liar. So spawny is my one. Is that... You were obviously... You you recognised that. That was something you used, spawny? Oh, yeah. That's one I heard growing up. Again, like, there seems to be... I mean, I think a lot of... (laughs) Sorry. Can I just say, I'm interrupting this, this, this comment... Patchazar, if I'm not sure if you know Patchazar, is he makes all the patches for the finest, which are the global uh, cosplay group of GI Joes all over the world. Right. He did a Deke cartoon patch recently, right? Like just the Deke logo. And I mentioned in a comment, I need an I love Deke patch. Just jokingly, right? He's right. done it. He's made it and he's just posted it. And I will send you that image to show on Twitter as well. It's Brilliant. hilarious. Anyway. Um, side note completely, yes, Spawny was one of those ones that, y- that was used in, in Norfolk colloquialisms. We seem to pick up on all of these like funny little words and try and make them our own. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware of Spawny. Yeah, there you go then, Spawny, that's my one. There'll be more colloquialisms next week. Uh, now we're going to close the show, as always, with Chief Best Chris a question. Meow. Chief Best Chris a question. Meow. What'll he say? Meow. What'll he do? When Chief Best Chris a question. Meow. Kind of inaccurate because we close the show telling you about all the good stuff, where to find us, and all that for next week. So this is 
prelude to closing the show. Now, we know that you are a big Predator fan. You when have I ever <laughs> when have I ever mentioned that? Um, but can you tell me please maybe two of the most underrated Arnie movies? Yeah. Oh, well, let me let me back up a section there. Uh, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark and say it's not just Predator you like, but you do actually like other Arnie movies. Yeah, he was like Okay. Like I remember growing up uh, as a child. <laughs> I, I remember most of it. I wasn't drunk most of the time, thankfully. Okay, good, good. But um, I, I have. Yeah, he was like a big hero. Like he was just one of those. You know, especially growing up as a as a, as a young man in the eighties, from nineteen eighty onwards, because that's when I was born. Diagnostic eighty. Um, the, like, the, some of the films I got to see as a child, like I just I feel so bad for my parents. Because I even remember, I think after seeing one of his films, I ended up get like starting to swear like him, and I was only young. Like we're talking like really, we're talking like infant school, I think, or junior school, right? And it's not like my parents got the movies for me to watch. Like it wasn't like that. It was you know I'd managed to kind of see them in some other nefarious way somehow. Like a friend had it on a VHS that he stole off his dad or something. One of those kind of things. But you know I'd, I'd managed to kind of see these films at some point and. I remember going to school once and getting absolutely bollocked to within an inch of my life for swearing at my friend. Like I said something in his ear, like hoping, thinking that no one could hear it. I don't remember what the actual. I think it was like effing s, like something like that. I said, and I remember the the woman who was giving was one of the the moms who gave like the kids a, a lift home after school, like a carpool scenario. She overheard me saying it. She told she told me off. She kind of you know dressed me down in front of everyone there. And fair enough, like you know more than she had to do that, and I was totally on board for her doing that, not for taking my clothes off, but for you know telling me off. And I thought that was the end of it. And but she happened to tell my mum and dad as well. And again, probably very right to do so. And I got the biggest bollocking of my life. And I was sent to my room, and I you know my dad was really mad at me, and I'd, I'd never hadn't disappointed them as bad as that to that point. I don't think there was more to come. In actual fact, no, I think I'd done one more bad thing prior to that. I mean, saying a, a swear minute, word is the worst the thing I ever did. What was the question again? Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Oh, Sorry. oh yeah, 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 yeah. My bad. Okay. I'm just over-egging the pudding, you know, like we do every <laughs> <laughs> episode. So, yeah, so anyway, big bollocking, but Arnie movies were like a staple, and some of the, my, my favourite ones, Commando was one of my all-time favourites. I absolutely yep. loved that movie. And uh, obviously when Predator came out, that was like a game changer. And I think some of the other ones, like Red Heat was a big, like, I lo- like that, was, that, was an, that was an under, not underrated, it wasn't like as popular, I should, I should say. Mainly because it had this scene in it at the beginning where he's, he's like, he basically plays a Russian cop who ends up going over to the US and like, chasing some dude down or whatever. But he, he goes into this bar at one point and there's this guy sitting at the bar. He kind of basically knocks him off his chair rips his like false leg off busts it open and coke fuck comes out of it and he basically i think he says cocaineum or something along those lines <laughs> cocaineum <laughs> and then that starts his big fight or whatever but i just remember that scene vividly um, I would have to say, I think, yeah, Commando's one of my favourites, and I really like, I, kind of another one that I really liked uh, later on in his, his kind of career, True Lies was amazing, I loved that, 
and uh, Last Action Hero. I mean, there's so many. Total Recall's incredible. All the Terminator movies. Like, there's just so many. Conan. Like, ugh. What I might do, I might might go back when I get some spare time, which is never, and try and watch all the Arnie movies. Funnily enough. I'm on IMDb, and there's a lot. Yeah, because he, I mean, he was in Raw Deal as well. Yeah, he's got 75 acting credits. I mean, it's nuts. It's nuts. And, but, I mean, if we're talking about, like, you know, pure Arnie from back in the day, I'd have to say Commando and Red Heat. Yeah. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. I still need to finish watching The Sixth Day, because uh, I, I mentioned it on the pod last week, and I didn't get any further than the first ten minutes. It's ironic <laughs> that it's going to take you six days to watch it. <laughs> An extra six days, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff, good stuff. I like like an Arnie movie myself as well. You will be foolish if you do not join us next week on the show because it'll be more of the same. So how can you not like that? We'll be covering 135 to 138. Uh, There'll be all the usual segments as well. Why not go on to Twitter at Talking underscore Joe and and tell us stuff that you like about us. Uh, Why not go on to Instagram at Talking Joe comics no what is it talking don't even, i don't even know what the instagram is yeah i think it's talking joe comics at, at gmail.com and talking joe comics on instagram you can find us on talking joe at gi joe podcast on facebook come and join in the fun there there's uh, plenty of, of merriness going around where can the good people find you diagnostic there they can find me at diagnostic on twitter and instagram and the full force podcast on podbean itunes stitcher youtube patreon everywhere facebook twitter everywhere in the world yeah. Find us, yeah. follow us, like us, subscribe us, yeah, kiss do it. our butts. Do all that. I think we've got about maybe another six episodes. Um, we need to do some mathematics to work it out until we get to the end of the Marvel run. We then might either take a little break. We might no, have a. Not we breaking. might have a, We might have a special project lined up for you. Uh, when that closes and then we'll decide what we're going to do you know let us know whether you want us to carry on with the idw don't hero don't ask them because they'll be whether, like no don't no, bother just don't bother anymore we're guys. actually we're actually we're pulling the strings we're going to make a decision no matter what people say whether we go on to you know chronological publication of gi joe comics or whether we do some dark horse then uh image ddp IDW i think we stuff. do I think we do everything in between, and then when we finish everything in between, we get back onto IDW, A Real American Hero, because that's ongoing. So it would make sense, wouldn't it? Well, there you go. So no matter what you think, we've just decided it now in that little bit of spiel. That's what we're going to do. So get ready for it. But there will be... That's why I'm doing... I think there will be a little special project lined up for bridging the gap you might be general Hawk, run. but i'm on i'm on the front lines mate i'm with the men and oh, women you're, of this you're, battalion yeah yeah you're getting killed and i'm, I'm sucking on a <laughs> let me change that i, I was gonna i'm sipping on a brewski and uh eating a banoffee cake and you're eating k rations on the front line <laughs> bye <laughs> we'll catch you down the road <laughs> bye yeah